Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Well, good morning, everybody. Here we are again. I, uh, you heard my recorded introduction there. I think they're pretty much as represented. We have the uh, original crew in the studio. And uh, we're prepared to help you any way, shape, or form we can. Uh, make your life easier out there in the car dealership land or independent repair land. Uh, it's one of the uh, crosses we all must bear in life. Uh, not all of us. I'm a car dealer, so I don't have to bear that cross. But if you're a consumer and you buy used or new cars, you've got to get them repaired and you've got to buy them. And most people don't enjoy the experience of going into a car dealership. Some do. Uh, and uh, the repair process can be similarly painful. Uh, we thrive on you, uh, the listeners, the watchers. We're on Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube. Uh, we're all over cyberspace. We grew from a little old show many, many years ago, half an hour. Only four years old. That's right, Stu was a baby. And uh, we, uh, we grew. And we're a two-hour show on Saturday. Uh, 8 to 10 Eastern Standard Time and you know we got callers from California from Bali from uh, Canada uh, a lot of calls in the Northeast and of course Florida we're in South Florida uh, we're in the Sodom and Gomorrah of car dealers we are uh, we rarely find a market that is quite as uh, oh gosh I don't know what the word I, I do know the word but I can't say it on on the radio uh, uh, the dealers here are very deceptive in their uh, sales and trade practices and advertising. And we've, we've even found some really, really bad ones out of state. We've got a mystery shopper now, Agent Lightning, uh, who likes to travel. And uh, she's, she gets around, doesn't she? She's uh, been in uh, uh, Pennsylvania. She's been in Tennessee. Uh, where else has she been? Uh, all over Florida, of course. Pennsylvania, yeah, I mentioned, I mentioned that, yeah. So anyway... Uh, we get we, we get to, to contrast of Florida dealers with other dealers. We found some in Tennessee that were really bad, um, almost equal or maybe equal to some of the Florida car dealers. Then we found one there that was extraordinarily good. When I say found, that's the mystery shopping report. And that mystery shopping report is a highlight of the show. comes in the second half of the show. And uh, we go into a car dealership. Uh, they don't know we're coming. You know, I've never figured out why so few. We have been busted. We have been discovered. And, uh, and, and we've had a few mystery shoppers had to flee because they were recognized or identified in some way. But we rarely do. I mean, I'd say, what, you could count on the fingers of one hand, maybe two hands, uh, over all the hundreds and hundreds of mystery shopping reports we've done. But anyway, we get in undetected, and uh, oftentimes, as in this case here, uh, the uh, dealership knows that the mystery shopper was there before, and uh, they get uh, they record. They have a computer, 
and they still don't get it. Here we are on the radio talking about their dealership, naming names, sales managers, salesmen, owners, uh, you know, uh, what they did. Uh, did they break the law? Did they violate the uh, Florida statute on unfair and deceptive trade practices? Uh, what, you know, unethical advertising. You'd think that somebody, the word would leak back to the dealership, uh, but in many cases, uh, I guess it's difficult to really keep the um, radar out for mystery shoppers. You probably detract from your focus on business. Anyway, uh, you're going to love the mystery shopping report if you haven't seen one before. And even if you have seen it, this is a good one. Uh, Nancy and I were talking about it as we drove into the studio. Uh, a little faster than I like to drive, but we got a late start. And uh, I've, I can't find my pencil, so I can't write on my rocket book. So one of my colleagues here will get me some uh, material uh, with a real pencil that I can write on, so I can make notes. I like to write folks' names down when they call so I don't forget them. Rick, uh, Jonathan's trying to get your attention. There you go. So as you can see, we're very informal here. Is that for very, a rocket yes, book? That's exactly right. And I need a, I can, I'll write on the back of a piece of paper here. I is that a so. rocket book? Uh, that, this pen? Is, no rocket book pen. So uh, we chit-chat just like you weren't there, and I hope uh, that's acceptable. I like being natural and normal and... Um, I like uh, you to hear who we really are. Um, we pride ourselves on transparency and honesty. Uh, not accuracy, but certainly transparency and honesty. Um, I just, uh, we, we had anonymous uh, feedback, and uh, my son Stu Stewart monitors our anonymous feedbacks. By the way, if you don't know what that is, very popular way to communicate with the show, youranonymousfeedback.com. It's a URL, it's a web address, and you go to Y-O-U-R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback, F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K dot com, your anonymous feedback dot com. And you can communicate with us uh, one way or two way. Uh, you, can, you can just tell us what you want to say and you don't give your well, way to be recontacted, or you can, give, you, can, you can say you can recontact me and I will recontact you, but... I won't know your real email or your real phone number or your real identity. It'll go through the website that cleanses and protects your privacy and your anonymity. Anyway, I digress. Uh, we had one of those anonymous feedbacks that said I'd messed up on a blog. And I wrote a blog uh, years ago, I guess. Uh, Stu could probably pull it up uh, when we get to that point of the show, when it gets to that anonymous feedback. And I was talking about a very deceptive old school dealership trick called the four square system. Four, like the number four is square, like, you know, a square. And uh, it's a system of tricking you into buying a car to pay more money. And they said that I, they said that I had not explained it properly. Clearly, the anonymous feedback came from a car dealer. Well, we're not evil enough to really understand how it's used. <laughs> I thought about that when I read it. I'm oh, like, okay, I, we probably got it wrong. It's, it's, it looks, yeah. it's, I think the gist of what we said was it was just a way to yeah. kind of distract and confuse yeah. and focus on what the customer's hot button was. And That's it's not, true. It's not an effective yeah. way to present. Well, see, now you're getting, yeah. you're getting yeah. defensive. So you know, I'm always defensive. You're, you're, you get defensive, and I know a lot of very defensive people. Uh, <clears throat> what I try, I, in my, in my, uh, what, what is it, my, uh, emancipate, what's the word I use? Uh, I've come, I'm a recovery car dealer now. Your transcendence? 
Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, 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 I'm purified. I'm uh, right. anyway. Yeah. I, I I'm not as defensive as I used to be. I th <laughs> I thrive on mistakes, and um, I, uh, I I I I want to correct that because uh, it's important. Uh, you, when when you when you ask for constructive criticism, and you get criticized, and you counterattack or get defensive. It, it it mitigates the effect. It it, it makes the uh, contributor say, "Well, he didn't like I. He, he was, the, you know, he didn't like me saying that." But when you like people to give you constructive criticism, the criticism flows. Now you certainly get some disingenuous and, and inaccurate criticism, but you also get real criticism. And what better way to get better in life than to change for the better and what better way to find out what changes need to be done by genu <coughs> genuine uh, constructive criticism so keep that constructive criticism coming might not agree with you but we might agree with you and we hope that you have something that can help us get better your anonymousfeedback.com or you brave people out there that you know, just look you in the eye and say hey listen fella this is what you need to change we got a text number, and that text number is 772-497-6530. 772-497-6530. And, of course, the telephone. Now, you kiddies out there, uh, born in the 80s and 90s, probably don't know what a telephone was. <laughs> Today we call them smartphones, but... Uh, they had numbers, and they still, we still use the numbers. We don't use the phones anymore, but we call them phone numbers anyway. And it's confusing to you or millennials, maybe. Uh, but that number is 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. And uh, YouTube is just, as uh, I'm not going to go to Rick right now. He monitors YouTube, but he's already got some YouTubes coming in. And I'm sure we have some texts coming in. Uh, Nancy Stewart monitors the telephone. And uh, when the telephone numbers come, when, when that phone rings, <laughs> they, don't, they don't ring anymore. They can make different sounds, but you know we, what I'm saying. Uh, when a telephone uh, lights up on Nancy's computer, we stop everything and we go to the call because we prioritize normal phone calls. Why? Yeah, they're a little old-fashioned, but they still have the warmth, the feel, and the personality, and it's just uh, to I, is it to you? It is to me a kind of a more of an enjoyable dialogue, listening and responding in live real time. Anyway, only that's on the radio. A, yeah, on the radio. In real yeah. life. No, I, no, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, exactly. The ra it's entertainment. Yeah, that's entertainment. And uh, so this is what the radio mm. show is. It's partly information, partly entertainment. If we didn't entertain, you wouldn't listen. So you got to have a dash of entertainment, humor. Uh, to get the educational process flowing and then get people to listen, grow the audience. And boy, I'm really on a rant, aren't I? Um, I'm going to shut up and uh, turn the mic over uh, to Nancy Stewart, <laughs> who is my co-host, and uh, she's uh, co-founder of the show, and she is a very, very strong... I got the giggles. Yeah, and she's got the giggles, and she's a very strong supporter of our female listeners. And about half of them out there are listening. We want half of them to call or contact us in some way and Nancy will incentivize you uh, yeah, right now. Go ahead. Definitely. Hey, I have something to say about caffeine, though. Boy, I'll tell you what. You had some caffeine this morning? 
but I've been drinking caffeine since 2.30 this morning, and it has an adverse effect on me, just the opposite of what it has on you. As a matter of fact, I'm about to <coughs> doze off. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, a little humor uh, added to that. That was a I real Mayflower. You got that right, Toots. Uh, I remember uh, bringing Stu in. He uh, uh, he said earlier that he was he was just a baby. All right. I yeah, know. I remember pushing him into the studio in a stroller. Well, you picked me up. I remember you putting me picking me up and putting in the seat. Yeah, we had we're, a car seat guys. for him and everything. He's just a just a baby. I was in my forties. Uh. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're not kidding. They did that last week. <laughs> okay, folks. You're in for a fantastic show right here for the next two hours. And uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us. And uh, to repeat that number, it's 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, I have something special for the ladies. That's $50 for the first two new lady callers. I'd like for you to give us a call and share your car purchasing or servicing experience and uh, let us know if it was shall we say worry-free uh, share it all with us and uh, $50 for the first two new lady callers and today folks we can use $50 we are going to go to our first female caller and her name is Tamara and she is calling us from Palm Springs Good morning, Tamara, and welcome. You have just won yourself fifty dollars. Wow, that's awesome! <laughs> it, wasn't it is, isn't it? That is awesome. <laughs> and if you send me, email me your contact information, I'll get that check out to you this afternoon. Wow, thanks, guys. That's awesome. Um, but okay, so it's Tamara, not Tamara. It's like Tampa, but with an R instead of a P. All right. Um. And you guys kind of know me from the ISC. And um, anyway, I bought a car, and I drove it off the lot on a test drive. And I just, I don't know, I just needed a car, you know, because I was in an accident. And it was a few months ago, and I'm not super-duper happy with the car I bought. However, I put, you know, a big chunk down. I put $15,000 down on it, and then I refinanced the other half. Um, so what are my options since I'm only two months into it? Can I go back to the dealer and say, I know I'm past my seven day grace period. It's been a couple of months, but I'm just not super excited with this vehicle. Or do I have to take such a big loss, um, and go find something else? Or what are my options here? Cause I, I mean, the car's okay. It's just. Yeah. You know, you know that feeling where you love that car. Oh my gosh, I miss my Audi. I loved my Audi. <laughs> yeah. And this car, I just, I don't have that. Oh my God, I love my car. And I'm in my car so much more now than I ever was before. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to have that feeling. I want. I love my car. You know that feeling? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's intrinsic. Yeah, that wow feeling. Yeah, like the Tesla wow that you guys are having. I want that. <laughs> Would you like me to answer, Sarah? <laughs> Tamara. Pamela? Tamara. It's Tamara. Tamara. Pamela. Tamara. T A M R A? Yep. Tamara. Tamara, uh, sadly to say, uh, you are stuck with a car. And I'm giving you the cold reality. I know it's not what you want to hear, but uh, 
there's nothing worse than buying a newer, even a used car. A used car is a little bit less worse. Uh, but there's nothing like buying a, nothing worse than buying a car and making a mistake after just a couple of months uh, or even a few weeks. Uh, the car depreciates considerably. The dealer probably made a big profit when he sold you the car, bigger than normal because of the situation with the microchips and the high demand, low supply. The dealers are making uh, probably 50% uh, more profit than they ever made before. And uh, to ask them to refund your money uh, is asking too much of a dealer today. Now the problem is they, they won't tell you that. Uh, they might tell you, oh sure, we can get you another car, but one way or the other, they're gonna preserve their, their profit that they made on the first car. So that means they're gonna have to compensate themselves for the depreciation of that car that you now have in your court, that's your depreciation. When they take it back in, it'll become their depreciation. And they also have to compensate themselves for the huge profit. They, they probably made thousands of dollars when they sold you the car, and the car could well have depreciated thousands of dollars already uh, because you've, uh, you know, that happens, that uh, initial depreciation. Uh, the best thing economically for you to do would be to keep the car. The longer you keep it, uh, the better your conditions will be when you do trade it in for another car. Uh, the, the value of the car uh, will smooth out. The depreciation will not be as sharp. You'll build a little equity. Uh, but uh, to trade right now would be a big financial burden. And uh, uh, if, if you want to go ahead, I can give you some advice on what you might do, but it's still going to be painful economically. Does that answer your question? Uh, well, what is your advice that you think I should do then? Uh, well, you could pass. I mean, if you if you really don't like, you could try selling the car on your own. I mean, used car prices are super high, so now you probably wouldn't be hurt as you were as much as you were would have been if you if you had the same situation a year ago. So you could sell it on your own, um, and you're still probably going to take somewhat of a depreciation hit. Or you could sell it to that dealer or another dealer or CarMax and see if somebody would um, give you uh, enough money for it. Did, Did you, you finance or did you, yeah, you pay you, cash? You read my mind. Did you finance it? It, it was 50-50. Okay. I put 50% okay, of the so car you have, value down, so and you, then I financed yeah. 50%. Okay, so then you, sh you could sell the car, and you're not going to like worry about a big payoff to a bank or anything like that. So if you're willing oh, to gosh, take a... Yeah. I mean, I could probably even pay the car off right now, and but then I'm stuck with a car yeah. I still don't really care about. <laughs> well, if you can sell the car, um, do you have any other cars to drive? It'd be nice if you could sell the car now and then wait uh, a few months to buy your, the replacement car because prices should be coming down um, in the near future, but right now they're, they're pretty high. Prices coming down on new cars? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and usually all cars, um, prices will be coming down um, you know, in, in the upcoming months. Um, so if you sold your car, you're gonna, take a, you're gonna lose some on depreciation. You've driven it for a couple of months, so you had use of the car, but really the only option is to keep the car or sell the car. Tamron, it'll be easy to get prices. That's the only good news I can give you today. If you want to sell the car, uh, dealers are aggressively buying, as are a lot of independent companies. And if you if you got a pencil handy and you can write down, uh, I will give you these uh, that you can you can contact online. Carmax.com. Carmax buys cars. You get a price from Carmax. You might have to take your car in. You will uh, to get a firm price. Uh, and they will buy it, pay cash. You don't have to buy another car. 
There's a company called Carvana, C-A-R-A-V-A-N-A dot com, online. They buy cars. Uh, There's a company called Vroom. Vroom, V is in Victor, like an engine revving Vroom, V-A-R-O-O-M. No R, just V-R-O-O-M. V-R. O O M. What did I say? No, A V R. V A R O O M. Varum. Dot com. Varum. And then you've got uh, WeBuyAnyCar.com. That's easy to remember. WeBuyAnyCar.com. Now there's four right there that you can, in a, a few minutes, you can get online and they will give you prices on your car. And then. You have to maybe spend more time to talk, take it to a Audi dealer, used car department, uh, or to advertise it yourself. Uh, uh, it'll be great if you've got an acceptable price online. That way, you don't have to go through all the trouble and aggravation. And when you sell a car yourself, you're dealing with a lot of characters. You're dealing with uh, con artists. You're dealing with people that want to buy the car but they don't have any money. They're going to want you to finance it for them. So if you sell the car. Uh, one-on-one, unless you have a good contact, a friend, a relative that you trust and know that will buy the car, you're better off to go to a third party. And then the market is at an all-time high, as Stu said, so you should be able to get more today for that Audi than you will two or three months from now. Oh, no, I don't have my Audi. I love my Audi. Oh, okay. You want, you want to feel like you have your Audi. Hey, is your name pronounced Tamara? Tamara. No, it's Tamara. It's just like Tampa, but with an R instead of a P. Uh, oh. I gotcha. I got a misspelling on my screen. Uh, you know, uh, here's my two cents. You know, in this volatile time that we are in, uh, it's just best to stay in the car that you're in, as the guys shared with you. Uh, it's amazing the depreciation that happens when you drive off the lot, first of all. And as I said, you know, in this volatile time that we're in, it's just best for you to hang on to your, hang on to your vehicle. And I wish you a whole lot of luck. And uh, it's an unfortunate time. And uh, as the guy said, CarMax, Carvana, Varum, those are all great places to go. WeBuyCars.com, another place. So uh, I hope that we helped you this morning. And uh, well, gave me some options, so that I'm very grateful for. Excuse me. I said you gave me some options, so that I'm very grateful for. Oh well, we're grateful to you, and uh, I hope you spread the word. Send me your email. Uh, send me through my email your uh, contact information, and I'll get that check out to you. All right. Well, do you mind telling me what your email is? Uh, not at all. You can go to Earl on Cars and get that email address, or if you have a pen, you can jot down Nancy S. at estoyota.com. Estoyota.com? That's correct. Nancy S. at estoyota.com. Yeah, we own, a, okay. uh, we own a car dealership, and uh, this is not an infomercial, I hasten to add. Uh, we just happen to have a car dealership, but uh, this is ter- purely a consumer advocacy show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I knew that. Good. She's a member of the International Sunrise Club. And, you know, uh, because we have a car dealership, it certainly helps us help all of you 
it doesn't matter whether we had a Toyota dealership, a Chevy dealership, whatever, right. with the experience of Overall every... Overall health education in the cars. Yeah, you know? every day, everyday experience of people, uh, consumers being taken advantage of. It certainly helps to educate us uh, every day. And uh, we enjoy your company, and I hope you spread the word to your friends uh, that they, too, can win themselves $50. Thank you so much, and have yeah, a wonderful that's a, that's weekend. That's a nice surprise. That's a nice surprise. I didn't know about that one. Yeah. So, yeah. That, uh, my friend, yeah, okay. Enjoy well, thank that. Thank you. And I hope uh, eventually, maybe October, November, December, you get back that wow feeling. Yeah, and the only well, the only way that's going to happen is if I do get another vehicle. Uh, I just, I don't. This one here's got stuff I just don't need. I don't need all these bells and whistles. And this is I true. Don't, I don't know. This is I true. I don't need all that crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On a smaller level, you can take a look at a microwave oven and you say to yourself, "Why did I buy all those bells and whistles? I'll never use them." So, a perfect exactly. example. Go for what you need. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for all your help. You're welcome. I really do appreciate it. We hope to hear from you again. Have a wonderful weekend. All right. Thanks, Nancy. Bye, yeah. Earl. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you, Tamara. Bye, Tampa. Oh, I mean Tamara. <laughs> 877-960-9960. Take advantage of youranonymousfeedback.com, and uh, you can text us at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. I think we are going to take a look at some YouTubes. Oh, we've got one from Casey who says, Earl, how come you bought the Tesla? Did you not consider the buying the Toyota BZ4? Well, I bought, I bought the Tesla because I'm a tech freak. I'm a, I like fast cars. Uh, I like state-of-the-art anything. And um, I, I have to say that... Uh, uh, this car, this uh, Tesla Plaid, is uh, uh, a quantum leap ahead of any other technology on the available on the highway. So, uh, you know, I'm an old guy, and I, I uh, love fast cars, and I, I, I wanted to see what uh, the fastest car in the world was like. So, uh, I never had the opportunity to be able to buy uh, the fastest car in the world, and this is at a, a relatively reasonable price. It sounds crazy that. $150,000 would be a reasonable price, but when you consider the Lamborghinis... Yeah, the, the, the next fastest car is probably a million dollars. Yeah, and they have <laughs> cars out there that are just crazy money. Uh, I, uh, I'm i the king of the road. But I plan on getting a BZ um, when it's available, when it's easily available. So I'm gonna, only going to drive this Tesla until yeah. the Toyota. Because there's not... We, I'm going to make this a Toyota commercial. <laughs> uh, the Tesla is no Toyota in terms of like... You know, quality. It's no Honda. It's no. I mean, oh, no, I think no, yeah. No. There's there's some issues there, but the technology is just mind blowing. So that's what we have. You know, like so many other uh, products out there, you forgive uh, the foibles of a product when it, uh, when the product is so thrilling and overwhelmingly positive. Every yes. product you buy has got pluses and minuses. And what Sue's referring to this Tesla. The paint, the, the fit and finish, we call them in the industry, the paint, the door fit. Just the little things. Yeah, that. Nancy's door on the passenger door, uh, two, two of the doors don't close. Well, you have to close it twice. I mean, here's 
a $150,000 car that you have to close the doors, slam the door to get it to stay tight. Now, I'll take it to Tesla, and they'll probably fix that. And there's some paint issues and other little things. So, yeah. so But it's a, such an overwhelmingly technically amazing car that you forgive those little things. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to put on 10 pounds to uh, close that door. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. Um, would you agree or disagree that uh, every second you are in the Tesla, it is a... Uh, well, in education, you're learning something new. Yeah. It has that many features. Exactly. Also, when you climb behind the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, in front of the yoke, uh, would you say uh, that uh, you're completely comfortable opposed to the wheel? Yeah, I think, I think we talked about the Tesla enough. I mean, I, I understand that. Yeah, but I, yeah I, I, I love the car. I enjoy the car. Very happy with the car. Okay. Enough just, said. And you did receive your title, uh, your certificate of title for your Tesla, and yes. we're very happy. Yes, I am. I've got uh, Rick's got a comment. Just to play devil's advocate, I, I've noticed on a lot of new cars, when they are brand spanking new, you know, up for the like the first month or two, when you close the doors, they don't always close easily the first time. Yeah. And I think it's because the door seals are so new, and the vehicle is so airtight. Uh huh that when you close that door, that resulting air pressure doesn't want to let the door close all the way because it's, it's, they're you know, so airtight. You, you sound like a car salesman or a service advisor. He's, he's trying to help you. Making excuses because I can tell you that in my Lexus uh, 500, LS 500, that I had before the Tesla, never had a problem. And I've owned a lot of cars in my mm. you know, quality cars uh, that never had the problem. But when you do have the problem, that's what we used to tell them. That's right. When I was a Pontiac dealer, they come in and say, well, the door won't close. Well, that's because it's new and tight, yeah. and, and it's really a positive attribute that, that you can't close the door, <laughs> well, because that means it's really airtight. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You can build a car that's totally airtight that you can close the doors easily but on. But your, your Lexus, one door, weighed as much as the Tesla. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I, I'm not... Your doors... The, the two different types of cars. Yeah. I totally agree The Tesla door closed easily because yeah. there's a big hole in so, it, yeah. and it didn't have any... Can we stop talking about hey, the Tesla? So, uh, Rick, Please, I'm begging you. Rick, uh, well, to your car salesman. Car. We're trying to educate people here. <laughs> Rick, about to cars. your uh, car salesman, you know, uh, spiel or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So I ask you, why does Ben Rosenberger have to come in and close my now we're talking come into about my football. home now we're talking and about he football. has to close my door yeah. because I stand from one side of the garage to the other and I give it the old college yeah. try okay, and I can't get a, the door closed. We have a YouTube <laughs> over here. Rick, let's hear We're out of YouTube. control. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, just the next one I have is a Excuse shout out to... Excuse me. We have a oh. call. Oh, good. Okay, Marty. Real call. Thank you so much. Marty. For holding. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I hope you Hi. continue to listen. We've got a whole lot going on here. But Marty's calling us from West Palm Beach. Welcome. Hi. Uh, I've got a, a couple points. I think last week a woman uh, called you about uh, car warranties or extended warranties. Mm -hmm. Yep. People don't realize and I'm just saying people, I mean, some people do, some don't, that car dealers and warranty companies make a fortune off a of warranty. Yeah, they sure do. The odds, the odds of buying a warranty and using it are remote. Exactly. So when I go into the finance guy, and I've been buying cars now for, I'm going to say, 50 years. I don't buy Teslas, but I, when I go in, I tell the finance guy, don't even bother giving me all the extras 
because I don't buy the tire extra. I don't buy the uh, extended warranty. I don't buy that if you lease a car and you get a scratch on it. Mm. Uh, You're a smart guy. You're a smart okay. guy, Marty. Well, I'm a very, I'm a, I'm a tough buyer. Uh-huh. So, so I, but I get out of there as, as fast as I can. Yeah. And and I and I feel most people that buy a warranty. Now I don't keep a car twenty years or ten years. And maybe if I did, maybe they would work out for me. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, you're absolutely right, and uh, that's a huge profit center. Uh, extended service contracts, dealers call them, and warranties. Uh, they are uh, a focal point. Most, uh, I won't say most, but I would certainly say most larger car dealers own their own warranty companies. Uh, we own our own warranty company, <coughs> and uh, there is nothing more profitable than selling insurance, and that's all a warranty is. Extended contract, service contract, uh, a rose is a rose is a rose. Uh, extended service contract is an insurance policy. Uh, and just ask Warren Buffett if uh, if there's a lot of money in insurance. So, uh, you, you always take in a whole lot more in premium than you pay out in claims. And uh, my philosophy, and I think, uh, I think this is a good sound philosophy, is if you can afford to pay something out of pocket uh, yourself, you're crazy. If you can afford to pay something out of pocket yourself, you're crazy to buy a warranty that's going to pay it for you. I mean, t- t- if, if you're paying the dealer uh, $100 a month on that warranty policy you bought, take the $100 a month and put it in the bank or the stock market or, or buy bonds or uh, save the money, and then... If you have a repair, take it out of your account and sell the stock. Right. You come out ahead of the game. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if people can multiply, but twelve hundred dollars a year for three years is thirty-six hundred dollars. Yeah, that, that, that would be never, that would be an extraordinary amount for for uh, warranty. By the way, just said. <laughs> well, more like, that, like fifteen that, or twenty. It is an extraordinary yeah. amount, and dealers do charge extraordinary amounts for it. Yeah. There are some states. Yeah. Remember, we're national, international. There are some states that have no cap on what you can charge. In fact, they don't even require you to uh, publish, uh, to use a published figure. Uh, and, uh, I haven't checked recently, but I used to be in California. When you went to a finance department in California, the f- finance manager could sell you warranty, and he could sell you the same warranty for $1,000, $2,000, or $5,000, whatever he could get away with. Or 500 yeah. if they're trying to make a deal. Now, you yeah. know that the company that advertises a lot for warranty yeah. TV, yeah. they charge at least, the minimum is $100 a month. Really? So yeah. people, I mean, if you look at their reviews, I don't know if you've had anybody coming into your dealership and has used, try to use their warranty. But a lot of people have complained that when they have a problem, they can't even use it. Exactly. Yeah. They a lot of times they buy a powertrain warranty, which essentially is worthless, and uh, they right. think they think they have a a real warranty. They probably told them it was a bumper to bumper, which a, a powertrain warranty is something you practically never have to use. And in fact, a lot of dealers give them away free because they, they it sounds good. But, uh, yeah. No, you're an educated consumer, Marty, and I appreciate the call because. Uh, uh, you know, we are, are you on our vigilante list? We need we need vigilantes. I'm not, I'm not but uh, I guess I could be. Uh, one of these days, I'll decide to do it. I got a hat for you. I'll hold it up for the camera. You, I don't <laughs> think you're streaming us, but if you'll sign up for a vigilante, I'll send you one of these hats. It's a free hat, 
that we use to encourage educated consumers like yourself, Marty, and anybody else out there listening. See how good I look in that hat? Is yeah, Marty. Yeah. Uh, you. yeah, I'm watching you on YouTube. Oh, oh okay. great. great. Hey, Marty, um, you know, not only uh, is it a benefit to us uh, because we can't reach everybody, uh, but it's a benefit uh, to you, and uh, you can help us, you know, round up these dealers that are so dishonest, and you can help people in your community. And uh, it's, like I said, a win-win situation. And uh, if you have a moment, if you have the time, really, we need your help. And it is uh, Vigilantes, EarlsVigilantes.com. And it's real easy to sign up. And as Earl said, he can give you a hat. It's a really good-looking hat. Right, Stu? Uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> I had a little, a little right, something to do just, to design. Yeah, he's a designer. Point, if you got a second. Absolutely, Marty. One more point. I just wanted to tell Earl, my son-in-law bought a Tesla Y, and he said that the, the finish and everything is not good either. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I, you know, Elon Musk, is a, he's a genius, and he's a technological uh, quantum leap ahead of everybody else, but he hasn't figured out how to get that right, and he will. I mean, eventually he will, but it's amazing what you can forgive when you have a product that's just so cool. <laughs> you know? right, yeah. right. Yeah, my son in law is bringing it in next week to have him fix a few problems. Yeah, good. good. Stay in touch with us, Marty. Uh, We'd love to hear from you uh, for a number of reasons, whether you joined EarlsVigilantes.com and a uh, well, little information about the Tesla. Okay. I'll keep calling you. Thank you. No Thank you, Marty. All right. Have a good week. You too, my Thank friend. Thank you. Have a great weekend. 877 960 9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Okay, which way are we going, guys? Like well, you guys broken that? protocol because Anne-Marie is supposed to get the first question of the, of the show, and we stopped doing that last two weeks. So yeah. sorry, Anne-Marie. Yeah, very sorry, Anne-Marie. We welcome you this morning and every Saturday morning. Well, I don't know if you're going to be crazy about Anne-Marie's question, but i got to read it anyway. Emery says, good morning. <laughs> now that you've had a few weeks... To get acquainted with your new Tesla, what are your favorite features on it so far? What are the features that you like the least and have had the hardest time adjusting to? Thanks. You know, uh, interestingly enough, and this is something I know I will adjust to, but Nancy has the same problem. Uh, I have a problem of driving my Tesla in the garage and getting out and going to the house without anything else. In other words, the car turns itself off, uh, it locks itself. Uh, the lights go out, the doors lock, everything. All you do is you pull in, you get out of the car, and walk wow. in the house. So I'm fumbling for my key until uh, I leave my key. And uh, it even has a charger. I always forget my iPhone yeah. and leave it in the car. But yeah. there's nothing we, serious. There's nothing serious about it, really. Yeah. I, I've even gotten used to uh, not using the brake. Uh, I use the accelerator and take the, uh, my foot <laughs> off the accelerator and act as a brake. Uh, you know, my brakes, uh, uh, Rick will appreciate this. I don't think you're ever going to have to do a brake job. I mean, that, that, I just don't ever use the brakes. So, uh, Anne-Marie, uh, it is a learning experience without a doubt, and it's an amazing vehicle, and there's so many things to educate yourself with so that you can be safe on the road because if you don't stay focused, yikes. Okay. okay. The next one comes to us from Robbie and Stuart. And it's for Rick. Uh, it says, good morning. We have a 2011 BMW X5 diesel, their big SUV. We bought it new, and it's just sat in our garage for about two years. 
I know the battery is dead. What else do we need to do to get it back running? What about the fuel? And like I said, that's from Rob, Robbie and Stuart. A BMW diesel, um, I wouldn't even try to crank it. I would have it towed either to a BMW dealer or I would find a highly qualified diesel shop. I would have the vehicle towed there, explain to them that it has sat for two years so that they know what's going on because diesel fuel is very thick fuel and it can have a tendency to uh, not quite separate but actually almost gel up and that can plug up the diesel injectors that can plug up the filters and the diesel pump uh, I didn't know I that. Would definitely what, what would happen if they did try to crank it that. what would happen if they tried to crank it uh, worst case scenario is that the fuel system basically would just plug right up and they would have a very hard time getting that cleaned out. It could be very expensive. Very interesting. I would have never guessed. I was, I'm really glad. I hope he listened to that before he, he tries too hard. You yeah. can actually, actually yeah. make it worse by trying to start it. Yes, because you're pumping, you're gonna tr it's going to try to pump that fuel. Uh -huh. Hopefully the fuel that's in the lines has not deteriorated to the point of plugging things up. Uh, it could have already caused that as well. That wouldn't apply to any diesel, but just a diesel that has sat for, uh, for a long time. Yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, any vehicle that has sat for two years, uh -huh. the fuel system is going to be so degraded because of that, uh -huh. as well as the, the engine itself. I got you. The oil that has sat in there that has all drained down now, uh, it's going to have a hard time building compression back. It's going to have a hard time getting its oil pressure back. Yeah. And there are things that mechanics can do, like actually some cars we can even mechanically spin the engine to get oil pressure up without letting it start. Great information. So that it gets a chance to get some oil pressure back before you start getting the abusive yeah. combustion in there that can cause damage. I remember you, you know, heard here first like from this. a certified diagnostic master technician yeah. Rick Kearney. I mean, I've been in the business for over 50 years. I did not know that. I wasn't and expecting I, that. I learn from this guy every week. I mean, it's like, it's like you know, I'm listening to the show because his stuff is uh, gold. Right. You're almost like an apprentice diagnostic master yeah. technician. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, you know, we're, we're in South Florida, so you have a lot of people with boats. When you have boats with uh, two-cycle engines where yeah. you have the gas and oil mixed together, yeah. The fuel on those, if it sits too long, oh, can yeah. literally become the consistency of jelly. It's it's it turns to jello. It's napalm basically. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, oh, it can be fun to play with. I bet. <laughs> but it's not very good for the engine. Rick, I, I think I uh, I think I hear or see a uh, book coming uh, from you, and it would be Rick's Repair Handbook. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go over. We have a, actually a really good uh, question from Bob. Um, Bob says, good morning. Since extended warranties are not worth the extra cost, then why pay more for a certified vehicle? That's a very interesting question. You know, I tell you, that's a great question. It is. Uh, here, here's the reason I like that question so much. Uh, what I recommend you do is you uh, find a vehicle that's certifiable uh, and the it hasn't been... Um, certified yet. Meaning, meaning, by the way, it's uh, within the mileage, miles in the year restriction that allows it to be certified. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, and then, and then you'll find that this car can go through the certified check, 
which uh, certified cars have to go through. The part about the certified car that you that you don't want to have to pay for is the warranty that is baked into the certification. Yeah, actually, that's a that's a brilliant concept. People like the certified cars because the impression that they go through, uh, theoretically, they're going through a more rigorous inspection. You could offer to pay a little bit more for the um, enhanced inspection, but typically it's about five hundred dollars. They when you get they say it comes with the warranty. It, it, it's applied to the cost of the car, so it's around five hundred dollars for that powertrain warranty that gets everybody excited about the certified yeah, when you, cars. When you see these advertised, one of the reasons people love certified cars is the manufacturers will leave an advertisement. Yeah, because well, that warranty you, comes from the manufacturer. And you would wonder why would a manufacturer of new cars want you to buy used cars? Because they sell the warranties to the dealer yep. to allow the dealer to use their name. So when you see Honda certified used car, Honda's making a profit when you buy that on the warranty. Yeah. If you don't buy the warranty, they don't make a profit. But you can still buy the car, just don't buy the warranty. To give you an example, uh, we pay the service department roughly about 90 bucks uh, to check out a car. Unless there's anything wrong with it, just inspecting the car. Yeah. It's double that for the certification. So you could spend, say, $180, get a, a certified car that's checked out extensively, but don't pay the extra $500 for the warranty. Bob, that's a great question. Rick's got a point. Well, some of the differences also between the two inspections, and these are things that you can have when, when if you get just a regular lower, lower level inspection, you can have these things addressed at the time. Yeah. Um, the tires have to have a minimum tread five depth second. of five to six thirty seconds of an inch, right. which is about half their life, plus the brand and model of the tire. Yeah. In other words, all four tires have to be exactly yeah. the same right. well, brand that's and the model. Well, that's the point. So you could, as a customer, you could say, I want this car to meet certification specifications. Yep. I'm not interested in the warranty. Does it cost me an extra, a little extra to pay for the enhanced inspection? And... Uh, and you might pay more because they have to replace tires to make sure they're the right brand and the right tread depth. But exactly. Yeah. Um, the brakes also have to be a, a higher level yeah. remaining of the brakes. And there can be no aftermarket add-ons to the car, right. such as like a tow hitch, unless it's a factory installed tow hitch. Um, Toppers on trucks are generally removed. Yeah, right. But uh, we, we, yeah, we have aftermarket lights and radios. Oh, yeah, I'm saying, like that. Yeah, so, the point Bob's trying to get is yeah. we, we could you could probably you could build a certified vehicle without paying for the warranty. Absolutely. Just meet all the specs that you just described. Now, and, gonna, now let me wrap that up with something that might be even uh, more important than anything we talked about. I, in my experience in all these years, my guess is that in many cases, the certified cars that you buy, that the technician that went over the checklist did not really even check the car very well. And uh, these are paid on commission. Uh, and uh, remember, uh, everybody in the car dealership is paid on commission. So Rick gets a commission when he certifies a car. Uh, any uh, Honda dealer's technician or, or Audi dealer technician, they get a certification. Uh, they have a long checklist uh, when they check the when they check the squares on the list and they turn it in, they get paid. How thoroughly do they check the car? You have to ask yourself that question. That means when you're dealing with a dealer that you don't know, uh, be very skeptical. Still take that car to your own independent mechanic. I would rather pay an independent mechanic 150 bucks than take the word of the guy that's selling me the car's mechanic, and he says the car is certified. It might be certified, but what if he didn't really check it? 
What if he didn't check the brakes? What if he didn't check the tire tread? Uh, do you know that well, he did? You, if you ask, well, the they seat, do have it. They have a one-year. Uh, they do have it for the certified. It's a one-year, and it comes from uh, Toyota and Honda and all that. They okay. do for all, anything they miss. It's a hundred percent. It's like it is a bumper-to-bumper warranty for yeah. a year. If you know about it. If you know about it. Right? Yeah, and uh, uh, certain things. How would you ever know? So after a year, I mean. Anyway, uh, there you go. I would. Uh, I, I never thought about this. I know we're beating this certified thing to death, but. Here's something that just came to me. I would ask to see the certified checklist on a car, and uh, I would do my best to identify those items that were checked and be specific about it. Uh, I would I would then even consider taking that checklist to my own mechanic and saying, can you verify this? And is the tire tread right? Uh, are all these things that were supposed to be checked, can you tell me if they were checked? Absolutely. And that way you have uh, the security of a certified car without paying all the money. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Uh, I'm going to add something to that. Uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, knowledge is power. Certified vehicle can be very misleading. And my favorite question about warranties is what does it cover? We're going to go back to the phones. And thank you so much for your patience, John. John's a regular caller from Palm City. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. If you own the car, and it was flood car, it was totally totaled by your insurance company. Quite common with the storms that we've had recently. Um, your insurance company hopefully paid you the right amount of money, but it was completely totaled, and it's no longer uh, usable. People ask the question, where did that car go? Well, if it's if you owned it, if it had a Liberty Insurance or Allstate exclusively, it went to a firm called Copart. That's a public uh, corporation traded on the stock exchange. I have no idea how the stock is doing, but they own nationwide 160 junkyards, 203 auction facilities, and you can bid on the cars. They get pictures are on that uh, Copart um, website. You can, and if you bid on it, it gets sold to the highest bidder, and, it, and you run your own. You get full title, and 80% of them are actually wrecks. The others are abandoned cars or cars that supposedly totaled from the floods. John, spell so that, would you please? Can, can you spell the name of that company? Copart, C-O-P-A-R-T. Okay. And it's traded on the stock exchange. I think it's NASDAQ. I think it's around $150 a share now. Uh -huh. They tell me it's doing, I don't follow the stock, so they tell me it's doing pretty well. Uh -huh. But they are exclusive um, carriers. It goes to them from Liberty and Wall State and many other insurance companies, body shops included, cars that were wrecked. And they're nationwide, and they have 203 auction facilities, and you get the full titles when you bid on them. But here's the danger. Now, with the shortage of used cars, I'm sure many of dealers, not dealers, are people buying and fixing them up and reselling them. So, again, as Rick says, if you're buying any automobile that's used, you do your homework, pay a guy extra to go over the car with a fine-tooth comb, whatever they charge, it's well worth it because of what's going on with the shortage of cars and people buying these, some of these cars and fixing them up and reselling them. Wow. So that's just a caution. Great information. I did not company. know that. I did not know yes, that. Yes. Well, Rick will probably tell you 
uh, if there's a, shop, a car in, in your shop that gets totaled, you know, from an accident, uh-huh. chances are that this Copart company will buy that car from the insurance company. Well, and I could buy that car uh, by being a high bidder, and then I could exactly. take I could take it to Mississippi or New Jersey and get a right. fresh title, and then I could take it to Florida and put it on my used car lot and sell somebody it was a beautiful car and. Uh, and uh, he's going to love love owning it and charge them all the money. Interesting. I, uh, it's amazing how these uh, glitches in our system exist like this. Thank you so much for that information, John. Well, Rick's the good word. Do your homework before. Yeah. Get somebody to check your car out. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Great information. One other fast thing, too. I don't know what everybody was sleeping. One of the most quality cars that people have owned in the past, old timers like myself, the doors didn't close. What what was the car? The Volkswagen Beetle. It was made so good and so tight <laughs> that unless you had a, a window partially open to something, when you closed the door, it, it was like a safe door. <laughs> it was built so good that it was so tight that sometimes you had to slam the door a couple of times. And wow. it was nothing to do with, with anything being misaligned. It was just because that car was so good and so tight. Well, you remember amazing. those days? Yeah, the air side was that if you had a beetle, if if you drove it into the water, it would float. Yes. They <laughs> were literally watertight. At, least, body I, of that at, car. at least that's what the you know, Volkswagen salesman told us, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try it. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right, guys. I'm looking for the shopping report. Thanks, it. John. Yeah, look John, forward to hearing John's from absolutely you. correct on that. Uh, when Alan Napier was still coming around on the show with us, he spoke of Copart many times that you could go on there and, and I even okay. looked on a, a few times to look and see if there's any cars that I might be interested in getting hold of, but they just looked like they were way too far messed up. Well, why would you want to buy one of those? What were, I mean, if you got a car that's been totaled, uh, other than parts, what would you do with it? I was looking for parts. Oh, parts. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Rick. Um, Unless you're a crook. Nope. Okay. Um, Not me. <laughs> ha- have you spoken to uh, a, a lot of uh, your friends or customers, whatever, about flood cars? Has that topic come up with the conditions oh, we've, that we've, have prevailed Yeah, we talk recently? about them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a question uh, asked of me uh, this past week, and I really didn't know how to answer it, but I'm thinking now that you do. And uh, the young lady wanted to know how she could get rid of a, a musty uh, smell uh, from her air conditioner. And uh, she, I'll give you a heads up, she's from New York. Best advice is start right off with damp rid in the car. Get a couple big containers of damp rid, just put them in the car and close the windows up and it will get all the moisture out of the car. Damp rid is actually a product designed to absorb moisture. It's a calcium citrate that its, it's, it's whole intent is to absorb moisture in moist areas of your house. So it works beautiful in the car. Uh, if your cell phone gets dropped in a puddle, put it in a container with some damprid in there and seal it airtight. It's the best stuff in the world for absorbing moisture. Yeah. Uh, do you it have to get the damprid inside of the package, or can you get the the granules you themselves? Can get the granules. You can get the granules themselves. It, 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 it in comes in. Uh, yeah. It comes in so many forms mm-hmm. now, and it's an unbelievable product that I believe in. Uh, we've been subjected to a flood in our yep. home recently, and uh, I have damper. Well, I had a couple of cases of it anyway, oh, yeah, so I'm using it everywhere. 
it's inexpensive, it works perfectly, and it just does the job. But keep that in the car for a while with the windows up, you know, anytime you park the car, so that it gets a chance to get the moisture out of there first, and without moisture, that will kill any mold or mildew that's yeah. in there. Yeah. Then you can worry about see, evaluating from there to see if you need to go any further. Great, great advice, Rick. Um, uh, uh, Jennifer, I hope you're listening. Uh, our number here is 877-960-9960, and you can text us, of course, at 772-497-6530. I think we're going to uh, stick with uh, Rick. He's got some more information got, to share with us. We've got a post from Donovan. Oh, okay. hi, Donovan. Let's see. Set these start here with, I don't think the BZ4 will ever be released. Toyota is so far behind in the EV space, they're fighting it at every step, fighting in Congress to get the government to not pass laws pushing EVs. Mm -hmm. Their announced EV investment from two weeks ago is one-third of what others are investing and taking twice as long. Personally, I think they're waiting, to, waiting too long, and they know it, so an option for them is to fight it. EVs are all about the batteries and securing supply now. Look at Honda. They are so far behind they had to partner with GM and use their entire underpinning because they have no ability to do this. Well, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, I know that, I mean, Toyota is asking us to, to lobby on their behalf against there's a provision in the uh, infrastructure bill that would give a big tax credit to, for EV, buy, uh, EV buyers, but only at, uh, for vehicles made at plants. Uh, with with they have union representation and Toyota's uh, plants don't have that, so they they're arguing it puts them at a disadvantage. But that's a valid reason yeah. to argue. I mean, right. why, why, why? That sounds political. I mean, yeah. uh, you've got a you've got a, a politicians that want to uh, cater to the union, right. and uh, and therefore they uh, penalize someone that's not unionized. People, uh, 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 business is not unionized because the workers choose not to be unionized, and. Uh, What's wrong about that? Right. So, uh, but to the other point is, yeah, they, they, they uh, Toyota took a very cautious approach, and they um, were developing, and they still are, the hydrogen fuel cell. And, um, but they really pushed, they became the king of hybrids with the Prius, and, and maybe that went to their head. But, um, but yeah, they're not doing the, the effort the other manufacturers are, and I think they're scrambling to catch up. They probably yeah. will catch up, but uh, um, like you said, uh, or we talked about last week, uh, they're very well capitalized. they got a ton of money. And they can get back into the game. It's, I'm just disappointed because I'm a I'm a geek. So is Earl. We're all we're nerds. We like, you know, <laughs> we like high yeah. tech things. And it's disappointing that you know the one we're associated with is a little bit slow to get to it. But uh, yeah, the, he's right on the money. Donovan's yeah, he's very 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 observant. Yeah, Donovan, uh, thank you so much for joining us every Saturday morning uh, with all your uh, input. Uh, we I'm going to interrupt uh, Rick and we're going to go back to the phones. Uh, Don is calling us from Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Don. Good morning. Um, I was going to ask Earl, uh, you had your car now, what, three weeks? Yes. Uh, how do you like it? Well, I'm I, 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 part of your show, so. I hear, hear people ask me how I feel. I like it when they ask me how I feel when I drive it. I feel like I was 17 years old, <laughs> and I was, I was driving my father's 1957 Bonneville Pontiac uh, fuel-injected convertible, and uh, I, I could still I still get heart palpitations when I think about that car. I was 17 years old, 
And uh, the girls loved me because I had that car when on the weekends. I, my father let me borrow it. And it was, it was the fastest car on, on the road at the time. Fuel injected, that was the first fuel injected car General Motors, or I think just about anybody built. And there was only one per dealer, one, one offered per Pontiac dealer. Yeah. So it's a collector's item today. But when I get in that Tesla Plaid, I feel like I'm 17 again. Yeah, and it's about twice, three times as fast as that car you just Exactly. <laughs> uh, other reason I call is how spoiled this generation is. I mean, what do you, uh, what's the normal uh, floor plan interest rate for a, a dealer nowadays? <laughs> we talk about that. I've Very got my, my, my company controller uh, is the only one that's been around uh, as long as I have. In fact, she's been around longer than I have. And uh, uh, we talk about our interest rates today. We're paying about 2%. Uh, our floor plan bill is about ten thousand dollars a month. Uh, it's typically it, sixty. Yeah, and uh, it could be as high as uh, uh, when back at, back in the uh, day when we had wow. real high interest rates. I was paying GMAC, General Motors Acceptance Corporation, to a floor plan to finance my Pontiacs on my lot. I was paying them twenty one percent. I was going to say exactly that because I had a small used car lot, by 30 cars in 84. Yeah. And I was paying 21% to my local bank. Wow. <laughs> and I, mean, I, I still <laughs> managed to make some money. I don't know how but I did. But, uh, my mortgage on my house was 17%, and they're whining today about four. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good point. Good point. Huh? Anyway, <laughs> just a little bit of humor there, how lucky we are today. That's <laughs> going good, so. Anyway, nice talking to you. Thank you, Don. It's good. Good. Glad to, you like your car. I, said, I love you calling because you only old guys like you and me remember those days. You, you talk to a kid today; they just they have no idea uh, how how things have changed. And uh, one of the good things is what you just described. I love these low interest rates, and people don't know what uh, high ones are unless they were there and had to pay that hundred thousand dollar four plan check to uh, the bank every month. Call again, please, Don. Thank you so much, Don. Give us a call again. Stu? Rick Shelterkaba. All right, we get. Oh. Okay, go ahead, Rick. I, I was just going to say, uh, people talk about the, the kids today and their, their issues with cars. And one of the things we hear a lot about are that kids today don't drive stick shift. Believe it or not, the new Ford Bronco that has been wildly popular, something in the neighborhood of 30 to 40% of those are coming right out of the factory with stick shifts and they're selling like hotcakes. I didn't know that. 30 so to 40%. A lot of them. So it's amazing. The stick shift, Ford may bring that, it back. That's because the old people are driving it. The kids don't know how to drive Kids don't know how to drive a stick shift. And it also makes no sense because uh, a good automatic transmission is much faster than any stick shift. You oh, can't, yeah. You can't shift a car uh, for the quarter mile or zero to 60. Uh, as fast as an automatic, and, and with electric car, you've got the ultimate transmission. You've got the ultimate, there is no transmission, so you have a continuous acceleration. So uh, not only are normal automatic transmissions obsolete with the electric car, but stick shifts are uh, dinosaurs. Yeah. That's amazing. Good I, luck I just to, thought it was good, interesting, good, though, to, to, well, to hear that. Well, good luck to Ford. Let's that. see how they sell. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You know, and what's amazing is that I find it interesting that it really... It really interests the ladies. Uh, I mean, I was on a website this past week, and you can actually buy a shirt. It says, for ladies, yes, I can drive a stick shift. Yeah. And it's just uh, something that has come back. 
Yep. And uh, there's a, there's an attraction. Uh, I don't know yeah. why, where, how, but it is. It brings out the caveman and the guys. Uh, what about the women? I mean, uh, the women who are so attracted to, I mean, that's how I grew up, a stick yep. shift. Um, okay, uh, digress. We're going to go back to the phones where we're going to talk to Bill from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Bill. Hey, guys. Good morning. Well, two quick things. That car park, there's one on Belvedere by the fairgrounds. Yes, there is. Yep. Uh, has the laws changed regarding buy here, pay here lots? I don't think so. Um, are you aware of any changes in the laws uh, that affect buy here payers? I don't think so. I uh, this is uh, probably not related, but uh, the thing is taking off big time for companies now with uh, buy now pay later, and uh, it's able it's enabling companies to get around the truth and lending laws and the interest rate restrictions by saying uh, we're not charging you any interest, so you buy this product and you pay me back later. Uh, that's the whole essence of uh, buy here, pay here, uh, low payments. Uh, so maybe uh, some some uh, guy came up with a devious idea of the buy here, pay here, and he stopped saying buy here, pay here. He just said buy me, buy now, pay later, and then he just raises the price of the car and pretends like it's not interest. But I don't know whether that's happening or not. I'm not aware of anything else. Okay, back back in the day, I ran one for a buddy of mine. And come Friday night, you missed the payment, out came the hook, and mm -hmm. we sold it back to you again. Yeah. I had one, too, called Stuart Select Cars. Buy here, pay here, and yeah. Uh, yeah. we repoed our cars and uh, hosed everybody on the interest. And you were doing that before they came out with the GPS um, uh, car immobilizers yeah. that buy here, pay here, use later, where they can actually disable your car if you don't make your payment. Yeah. We had a great big guy. He's about six foot six, and... Uh, Wore a suit and uh, cowboy hat, and uh, he would uh, go out and repo the cars. We never knew uh, how he was able to do so well, but get a big nickel-plated forty-four Magnum <laughs> on his head. <laughs> we, we don't want to talk about back that. Back in the day, yeah, yeah, not not that far back. No, but, uh, <laughs> when, you, when, when you sold the Pontiac dealer to Schumacher, yes. I saw the front. I was part of the crew that disassembled your shop. Is that right? Wow! I'll be darned. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. sold. I sold. Actually, I sold the building uh, to a real estate guy uh, who turned them into townhomes or tore it down and then built townhomes there. And I sold the franchise uh, to uh, Chuck Schumacher, and uh, yep. he wasn't very happy about that because Pontiac folded a few years later and. I kid him about it every now and then. Timing is everything. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, the, the 09 Scion that we bought from you guys at uh, the beginning of 2011 was, it had two stickers on it. One was certified, which they did at the time that we were buying it. Uh-huh. And there was a, and there was another sticker on it. I guess it was just one of the that you checked it out to use car stickers. Yeah. Yeah, we uh 
we start well, at our dealership. We have a certified, you know, certified uh, that we do on all of our cars too. And uh, uh, you can either buy. Uh, we you don't have to buy the warranty. We have the, the certified check called. We call it the gold check. Yeah. Yeah, we we still have it. We love it. The only issue that we have with that car is that when it rains and my wife turns the wipers on, the, the inside of the windshield gets foggy. That happens on a lot of cars. I, um, I, I it bothers me. I what is, what causes that? What's that, Rick? Uh, I've had it happen uh, on and off with cars. It seems to depend on the atmospheric conditions or something. It's it's the the temperature of the windshield getting the moisture on the inside. Oh. Um, you can try anti-fog sprays, uh, cleaners with anti-fog capabilities, and clean the windshield well with it. But you got to reapply it about every couple months. But it's on the inside, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you do the inside with yep. anti-fog. I'll give that a try. It happens to me right now in my Tesla. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. I'll give it a try too. Well, yours guys are a wealth of information, and it's good talking about the old times. And have a good day. Thank you, Bill. Call uh, again. Yeah, well, Bill. Thanks. Us, us old guys got to stick together. Thanks so much, Bill. We look forward to hearing from you. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget about uh, Earl's Vigilantes. Uh, uh, if you consider yourself uh, somewhat of a car expert, you don't have to be able to take an engine apart. Uh, but you'd be helping us uh, to help uh, your community and so many others. Uh, Earl's holding up his famous Earl's Vigilantes. Free hat, free hat. hat. And it's free whenever you join Earl's Vigilantes. Uh, the design by Stu Stewart. <laughs> and it is uh, quite uh, quite nice. Uh, also, uh, with uh, as many seniors as we have, uh, going to the internet they too need a little bit of help to maneuver their w way around and uh, you can uh, join that cause also and become a, a volunteer and uh, help help them and help us that's uh, earloncars.com where you can get all that information and ladies I have $50 for one more female caller and uh, you still have time to get that call in uh, so $50 for the second new female caller, 877-960-9960. And uh, ladies, uh, let me ask you this, uh, with uh, this, uh, with prices, uh, I'm going to say expected to sort of stabilize, uh, say, in the fall uh, because of this computer chip shortage and so many other things that are going on right now. Uh, with limited inventory. Uh, is that a choice for you? Uh, can you wait? Um, if you can answer that question, uh, give us a call and uh, let us know. And at the same time, you can win yourself $50. 877-960-9960. Uh, and I think we're going to take it back to Stu. Yeah, we got a bunch of text here. Well, I found the pen to my rocket book. Oh, very uh, good. oh I'm sorry. But where's your rocket? Uh, <laughs> that was, is that without the hand dog? <laughs> Is that without your Honda? Yes, it is, yes. <laughs> All right, we have a text from Joe in Cleveland. Joe says, can you trickle charge a hybrid automobile, or is there a special trickle charger to charge the main battery system? 
Looking at you, Rick. You can trickle charge the 12-volt battery, but not the hybrid battery. We don't exactly, but you can charge a hybrid battery. You, you, you do it one cell at a time. Uh, that's not in the factory recommended list of uh, work, but is, am I correct? There is actually uh, equipment now at dealerships, most uh -huh. of them, to recharge the hybrid battery if it need be. Uh -huh. However, it's a very time-consuming and expensive process. Yeah. And if you were trying to do it, um, the shade tree method, which I actually had to do that once about 10 years ago, yeah. it took a whole lot longer and it was an extremely expensive thing because I had to disassemble it and literally charge each individual cell manually. Yeah. You used to do that for some no customers fun. back in the day when uh, the Prius first came out and the hybrids first we, came out. Yeah, we, we had to do it once. Oh, once? That was only the one, the one time. time. Yeah. And then they've actually now come out with a, a, it's an extremely large toolbox with all the equipment in it to yeah. charge up each of the different systems. But so far we haven't actually had to use that. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right, next text comes to us from, I don't have a name on it, but we're going to get it to it after this after this caller. <laughs> Sorry, Sue. We have a lot of callers today. Uh, we have Wendy calling, and uh, she's calling us from Wellington. And uh, she's called before, but she enjoys the show, so here she is. Good morning, Wendy. Welcome back. Good morning, Nancy. Thank you. Thank you. We do enjoy your show. My husband and I listen to it every Saturday morning. Thank you. My question, Nancy, um, is um, I, I don't wash my own car anymore. I take it to a machine car wash. And as much as I try to line up the tires uh, properly, sometimes they get bumped a little bit. Does that affect the alignment of the car at all? There is a potential that yeah. it could uh, affect the alignment if you get in there really twisted and when the car is trying to drive against those metal rails if the wheels are, are twisted too much so it's something you'd want to be careful of try to get them as straight as possible before you go into that car wash if, if they're at a little bit of an angle the rails will straighten the wheels but if it's just a small amount like a, a, just a you know, few degrees here and there it's not going to it's not going to really hurt the alignment trust right. me I know because every time I try and drive a vehicle through our car wash I am. I panic because <laughs> I think I'm going to ruin the car, and so I've, I have the same feeling you do. I just I get up there. I'm like I feel it rubbing on the rails, um, but so yeah. far I haven't I haven't messed it up. But just trying to go there, like Rick said, as straight as possible. Yeah, and, and, and go slow, slow yes. and easy. So if it, if you start to feel it binding a whole lot, stop and back up. Yeah, great I, advice. I could be a real profit center for a car dealership. You take the customer cars, you go to the car wash, knock it out of alignment, and tell them they need alignment, yeah, and you, sell them an alignment. You still got to need to work on that recovery. Exactly. See, look how his mind goes. I'm telling He's you. <laughs> I'm telling you. Did we answer your question, Wendy? Yeah, yeah, that's very reassuring. Thank you. Oh, I you're quite it. welcome. It was great hearing from you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Have a great weekend. So we could still we could use that idea in our twenty group if we were still oh, yeah. active. Yeah. And we have just for you folks out there, car dealers are almost everybody and the car dealers, new car dealers belong to something called a twenty group. They're a group of dealers from all over the country. You can play our financial statements, you get together every three months or four months and you can bear ideas. And uh, they have uh, something called super idea time mm -hmm. and the car dealers come up with ways to screw the customer and make a lot of money and the guy that has the most devious profitable idea a win so you know, like 10 grand 5,000 big money I mean yeah uh, personally yeah super idea time so we never win so if I were still evil in the 20 group I'd probably use that idea say so you all got a car wash 
uh, take your car, take the customer's car, run it through the car wash in an incorrect manner, and uh, knock it out of alignment, then you could go ahead and uh, charge it for an alignment. You know how many, you know how many people that uh, information reached just now? Yeah, you're right. Okay. I just, uh, <laughs> I remember when we, we tried to use, when we dropped the dealer fee, we tried to use that as our super idea time. And we lost. <laughs> we presented the numbers that said that, you know, we did lose immediately some profitability in the first few months, but then we recouped it in volume, and then our business was never better, and we thought it, we had found the holy grail. And they basically laughed us out of the competition. Of course. <laughs> you can't get rid of a dealer fee. Boy, I'll tell you what, when I think back at the dealer fee and getting rid of it, wow, coup d'etat, I'm telling you. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, nobody agreed. Uh, but the big guy here knew what he was doing. I uh, digress. Back to Stu. That's me. Um, we have a text here, and there's no name on it. It says, good morning. Very pleased with the Highlander that I bought at Earl Stewart. Having a stop-start battery that is two and a half years old, I wish to know how long do they normally last before replacing. That's the stop-start battery. If you check in your uh, owner's manual for the factory recommended maintenance, there is actually a lifespan when the factory recommends that battery must be replaced and one for the starter as well. I didn't know that. Yes, there is. What is the recommended for a typical battery? Uh, a normal fat, normal 12 volt battery on a normal car that does not have stop start, there is no uh, recommended replacement. It's replaced when needed, oh. and that would be just you know when the battery does fail. Well, I missed fail. that in the first part of your comment. Okay, so now for the other one, I'll have to look that up real that's quick. A, that's okay. No, I've uh, because I've never understood uh, why batteries don't last longer than they do. Uh, to me. Uh, you know, I think the answer is about three years. You should be starting worrying about your battery. Yeah. And I, it doesn't make any sense to me that in the 21st century uh, we should have to have replaced. You know, a car battery should last longer than that, but that's another show. So. And uh, excuse me, uh, Rick, can you uh, tell me this as far as the battery is concerned? Is it uh, still, uh, shall we say, SOP uh, for you to maintain your battery? That's the consumer uh, that they would bring uh, the car in and uh, have some maintenance done on it, <coughs> excuse me, every two years, every four years, and uh, it has a whole lot to do with the climate that you're in, and uh, uh, et cetera. So what do you say? Well, most batteries now are maintenance-free. A uh, few of them still have the caps where we can add some water to it, and other than that, it's just cleaning the terminals once in a while to make sure they're kept clean, but there's really almost no maintenance for the batteries. Thanks. That's one of the things that the dealers are supposed to do, but often they don't do, and it's in their free check for you know, 25 points, 8 points, uh, 185 points. They always give you a free inspection, and the free inspection is just something they can use to find something wrong so they can charge you for something. But one of those Good is point. usually uh, check the battery, and they don't check the battery, but they should check the battery. They should do a load check, right, Rick? A uh, load check to be sure your battery, and, and if you got some crud and cor corrosion going on, they should wipe it off. And yeah, uh, yeah that happens uh, depending upon what climate you're yeah. in, humidity. I, I just a keep lot a simple spray bottle of water. So when I see that little bit of corrosion on the terminals, yeah. I blast it with the water. That removes that corrosion, quick and simple. Yeah. And then hit it with some air to dry it, and spray it down with a simple sticky oh. spray. 
that prevents the air from getting to it and therefore prevents the oxidation that causes that corrosion. That's something you could do at home. I had no idea that the proper material to clean a battery is water. I didn't know. Best that. chemical in the world. Yeah, yeah. the universal it? solvent. Isn't it? Most it's dangerous di- chemical in the world, but one of the best. Uh, yeah, well, that takes me back to the flood <laughs> in our home. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to go to uh, Henry, and he's calling from Jupiter. Good morning, Henry. Good morning. Uh, you're talking about batteries. I'd like you to uh, expound a little bit on these uh, electric vehicles and batteries. You uh-huh. know, we buy a used car that has, you know, 80,000 miles on it, you know, we know what to expect uh, driving that used car. But when you buy a used electric vehicle, I mean, I understand the batteries could represent a third of the price of the car. That's correct. Yeah. It's a, uh, but again, like uh, so many other things, they're getting better and better and better. Uh, battery technology is uh, proceeding at warp speed. Uh, they just... Uh, Tesla's uh, investing billions of dollars in uh, battery technology and just about everybody else is. So uh, battery life in an electric vehicle will be uh, a no-brainer, no problem. Uh, uh, They're doing a lot better job in the hybrids and the all-electric vehicle battery research than they are on the old-fashioned one. Uh, As long as I can remember, the the basic battery in an internal combustion engine uh, lasts uh, about two or three years. And uh, they lasted two or three years, 50 years ago, and they last two or three years today. To me, there's something wrong with this picture. Technology is failing us in the normal car battery, but not uh, the uh, electric batteries. But there will come a time that it has to be changed, won't it? Well, like you say, uh, when that happens, you're going to want another car because you might as well pay for another car. Like, isn't Tesla's working on a million-mile battery? Another yeah. that'll last for a million miles. Yeah, they're working on it, yeah. yeah. So that's, you know, something like that, it's going to be, you know, a regular internal combustion engine car yeah. would die probably around the same time. Of and my Tesla car. Plaid has three batteries, uh, believe it or not, three uh, electric batteries to power it. Now, on your Prius, your Prius has been out for a few years. Have you at the dealership had to change batteries uh, on any of those? Oh, and yeah. If so what might the cost be? Yeah, they're warranted up to 200,000 miles or six years, or, or is it eight years? Uh, it's eight. Eight, eight years, years 100,000 miles, and the newest ones now are 10 years, 100,000 miles. Oh, I, didn't, I, yeah. I thought it was 200,000 miles. Nope, 100,000. 100,000. And we have changed uh, conservatively in our dealership a couple hundred. Is that all? Oh, that's right, because you know, they trade a band, and they, yep. yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. If the consumer was footing the bill, give me an idea of what it would cost. About $2,500. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, that's not the end of the world. No, okay. it's, it's well, less than a new engine. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. You got it. You're welcome, Henry. Give us a call again. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Um, I'll tell you, I have to talk about the Consumer Reports and October's um, edition that Earl and I just received. And there's some interesting articles in here, uh, especially the Car Repair Handbook. And uh, it even goes into detail of uh, how you, yourself, can uh, fix, well, what's going on with your vehicle. Yeah, there's still some things that you can take care of. <laughs> it's uh, well, it's uh, that was a surprise to me because uh, everything has become so 
fix-it-yourself kind of little play on words there. Uh, the maintenance on everything is just uh, 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 amazing. So pick up uh, October's edition of the Consumer Reports and you'll find some information that uh, may help you get through the day. And there it is right there. Or go online, consumerreports.com. Consumerreport.com or .org? .org. .org. CR.org. Well, .org, .org too. Okay. Yep. CR, too. What happens if you put in .com? I don't know. Right. You go to a pornography site. Com. Consumerreport.org, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I have $50 right here. Please, I'm, uh, I'm begging you. Give me a call. Ladies, $50. Just call to say hello. 877-960-9960. Now back to Stu. Before I get to the next text from Joe, he has a follow-up question about the uh, trickle charger. I just want to correct the hybrid battery warranty. It's, it's, it's 10 years, 150,000 miles. Ah. Yep. That, that's for 2020 vehicles and newer. All right, so Joe followed up again. He says he just texted us about the uh, trickle charging. He says he goes to Florida for eight months, so he's not going to drive the car for eight months. Will the main battery system discharge, or will he be okay sitting for eight months? Mm, that one's pushing it that, a little that's bit. That's a trickle charger on that one. Uh, well, the trickle charger will charge the 12-volt battery, but right. remember the hybrid battery still could have an issue. I would really recommend if you can find a, a neighbor or someone nearby that just can come over and actually take even it for just a start walk. the car and let it sit and run, mm -hmm. that will recharge the hybrid battery. But taking it out for a short drive is best because that gives it a chance to exercise everything. So it actually, I mean, so the dam damage could occur to the hybrid battery for sitting idle for so long. Yes. Okay. All right, Joe. So, uh, yeah, if you could do that because you can't trickle charge the hybrid. So. Maybe have a trusted person with a good driving record <laughs> and insurance drive your car. All right, next one. This question is for Rick. What is your opinion of the Optima battery? This is, this is the battery show today. What is your opinion of the Optima battery? Are they worth the extra expense? Love your show, and that's from Everett. Uh, Optima is an aftermarket battery that has that really colorful plastic case that Ooh, they, I like they that. They did like these curves okay. on it, so it looks like it's a, a eight pack of sodas or something, and they're bright, colorful, bright yellow usually, and they're supposedly rated for extremely high cold cranking amps. Uh huh. And in my opinion, I think they're kind of you're you're paying a whole lot for a lot of flash and uh -huh. pomp and circumstance. That looks cool in the in, in the in the. Oh, in they the, look awesome in the car, but it's um, okay. I don't think you're really gonna see. Any, uh, as much of a, 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 shall we say, an improvement don't for buy the it. extra cost, because they are quite expensive. Rick's trying to be nice. Don't yeah. buy the Optum battery. Okay, the next one. This is for Earl. This, you'll like this one. Earl, please help uh, settle a debate between my husband and I. It concerns your blue shirt. My husband says you're a busy man who doesn't have time to think about putting an outfit together every morning. You like blue, so you wear blue. My theory is that you wear the blue shirt as a part of a well-thought-out marketing strategy. You use the concept of consistent, repetitive reinforcement to help establish your brand. Who's right? As usual, the woman. There you go. I mean, you know the old saying, that the lady is always right? Well, they are. Uh, I love it. You're right, Stu. I love the question because it has an interesting uh, genesis. Uh, when television, when we, I first started doing television commercials many, many years ago, uh, the television was in its infancy, and uh, the, there were certain colors that people wore on television that 
were better if you had certain kind of shirts and things you, you couldn't wear because the TV cameras yeah, were like, not advanced enough. You couldn't wear patterns because it would yeah. look strange. Yeah. So they, uh, the, best, uh, the best pattern, the be best color was blue. And so I did my first TV commercial with a blue shirt and I kept doing them with blue shirts and then pretty soon I became identified with my blue shirt and now uh, I have a closet full of blue shirts yeah. uh, because it's become, a, uh, as you say, the brand identification. Yeah. But, uh, Not so having to think about putting together an outfit is just a nice side effect of you having a closet full, actually a living room now yeah. full well, of blue shirts. Well, I only wear the blue shirt when I'm doing the you know, well, a radio show or when stuff. I'm doing a public speaking what, yeah. or a TV commercial. What we did, uh, Earl and I were doing, uh, we were doing uh, events and we were doing speaking in events and we were doing uh, new owners events yeah. and it got to be uh, to the point where this was a brand uh, that it just evolved, it, it happened so uh, for a whole lot of reasons and then I had a blue dress, a blue sweater and so here we are. And then we had some marketing people talk to us and they thought, what a great idea. I don't know how it happened, but it did and it's good. Stick with it. So that's your answer. All right, this is from Pat and Dak. Oh, we have a call? We do. Hand went up. <laughs> we're gonna go to we're to, we're gonna go to Marty and Boynton. Thank you so much for your patience, Marty. Marty. It's been a busy morning. Yeah, yeah good morning. Um, I had a quite a couple questions for Rick. Um, can you hear me? Yes. yes. Loud and clear. Okay. Okay, great. Um, one of the questions that I couldn't find in the book, but I thought maybe Rick would give me a better answer. Uh, we, we've got a 2021 um, Highlander that we bought from you guys, and it's a front-wheel drive, and we're going up to Pennsylvania in the end of November for Thanksgiving, and it's got a snow button on it. What does that do? Does that do anything for traction? It's going to change the shift points of the transmission a little bit to try to give you a little more torque and it'll uh, basically try to help you improve traction in the snow. All right, all right. So it might be helpful somewhat. Yes, it, um, it, it kind of gives the computer a heads up that you know you're gonna be in slippery conditions. So it's gonna change the shift points and it's gonna watch the torque control a little better. All right, all right, great. And the other question is, um, we have a sunroof and at highway speeds we can hear air noise coming in and I, and I i put my hand up there we can't feel it at all when i brought it in for for our first service i talked to the service tech and he said well i have a highlander too and does the same thing at the nature of the beast is that right <laughs> or uh, well i tell you what i hear that and it just makes me madder than hell uh you know i don't like it uh when we give customers that kind of an answer and uh maybe a highlander does make the noise but they're not supposed to and uh maybe yeah. Maybe they all do that, but they're not supposed to. So, uh, Rick, you give the you give the real answer. Well, do you have one of the vents on the top of it, the, the little half half vent? No. Okay. Um, the the quickest way that I determine if I feel that there is an issue that may be causing an air leak is I do what's called mm -hmm. the dollar bill test. You take okay. a dollar bill. You set it to where it's you know against the, the rubber seal, let the sunroof right. close, and same thing like with the windows, and just gently pull on it. You should feel a reasonable okay. amount of tension when it comes out, and mm -hmm. if, it, if it slips out real easy, then yeah, you have potential for an air leak there. If it comes out with okay. a reasonable amount of tension, 
then it's sealing the way it should. Now, unfortunately, you know, with a, with a hole cut in the roof and a, a, the piece put back in with rubber gasket, there are times that when you're driving, you will hear the wind going over it, and it's a noise created by the wind flow changing. That is normal. Um, okay. But if it's actually air, like air leaking in the car, you hear a whistling noise of air coming into the car, now you've got a concern that that is not normal. And that's why yeah. I do that dollar bill test. I'll check it in a whole bunch of areas around the, the sunroof to make sure that I'm mm -hmm. feeling about equal tension on that bill all the way around as I pull it out. And if it feels normal, then you know we'll drive it and try to make sure, okay, is this just airflow going over the top of it or is this actually an air leak into the car? Marty, what does it sound like to you? Does it sound like an air leak or does it just sound like the normal? No, it's not whistling or anything. It, it's kind of a, um, just, just an air noise, you know, that I can hear that's kind of irritating. Yeah. If I open the window and close it again, then um, it's not as loud. It, it, it doesn't Well, really the, to me, that says a, that's a leak. I mean, if, if, it, right. if the window is, is, is tight and it's not as loud, then it's a leak. If it's just the sound of the wind on all the windows all the time, it's an air noise outside, uh -huh. and you're always going to have that, but not, not a, a leak. But yeah, uh, you know, I, I guess nobody smokes anymore if you've got any brains. But uh, no, no, we don't. But uh, it, it, to me, a, a great test would be uh, some sort of a vapor smoke kind of a thing that you oh, could yeah. put near the window and see if it if it. If it became, you know, in motion, uh, like it got sucked out of the car, but uh, bring it back, and we'll have somebody, we'll have Rick check it for you, but uh, that's, uh, if it's an air leak, it's not normal. If it's an air noise, uh, I guess all cars have some air noise. My Tesla has an air noise, so. Yeah, the, the, actually, the, the best way that we have to determine that is simply to have you drive a similar vehicle to see if the noise is the same. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just, right. Or maybe they both have an air leak. So, uh, we, uh, we'll, you know. That's, that's one of my pet peeves, Marty, by the way, you can tell, because it's too easy to say they all do this. And, uh, right. And, yeah, I'm kind of surprised at the yeah, answer. Yeah, if they all do uh, what they the shouldn't do it, yeah. From you, and we, we've, we're, we're very thrilled with, with your uh, dealership. And, Thank uh, you. And very happy, and we'll be back. Thank but, you. But uh, I just wasn't too happy to answer. But after 10,000 miles, yeah. Um, service, we'll bring it back and mention it to them. And, and with that question, we'll be in Pennsylvania. If we're over 10,000 miles a little bit, does that affect our free oil change? And, and no, you don't and You, you don't have to observe the, uh, the exact uh, recommendation by the factory owner's manual. Uh, as long as you're within a couple of months, a few thousand miles, uh, the, the important right. things you have you have all done. So if you have three inspections, you should have got, and they were done well, all or four, well, yeah, whatever they are. I think I mean. he's talking about the Toyota Care maintenance. So oh, Toyota yeah, Care you maintenance. get you have those coming to you, um, yeah. whether or not you use them timely or not. So yeah, just right. get, okay. get them all done. They don't have to be that timely. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your answer. Appreciate it. Thank you, Marty. Look forward to hearing okay. from you again. Ladies and gentlemen, we are shutting down the phone lines, uh, but uh, you still have a chance to use our text line, and we are going to be coming up with our mystery shop of uh, Infinity in Stewart, and we would uh, like you to vote on that mystery shopping report. Uh, there's a lot of time and effort and talent 
put into this mystery shopping report. Agent Lightning does a phenomenal job week in and week out. And uh, Stu uh, does a, it's, uh, there's no words to define what he does. He has the Midas touch, you might say. When he sees that mystery shopping report, he's just uh, puts together uh, a talented array of uh, words uh, that describe each and every mystery shopping report. So stay tuned for that. And remember, 772-497-6530. That's where you can rate the mystery shopping report. All right. We got some more text here before we get to that. Uh, if Okay. This is from Pat in Dacula, Georgia. If you Ooh. get into an accident and the frame is damaged to the point it affects the drivability of the car, can an alignment check show the wheels are in alignment but the frame still causes the car to veer off center? Well, quick, a quick answer. The, the frame that you refer to doesn't exist uh, in the manner that you, a lot of people think. Uh, we have a unibody construction now, and certainly an accident can knock your car out of alignment. Uh, frame damage is a uh, dinosaur term. It's a, uh, it, it, it isn't really what it used to be. Frame damage, uh, when you have the, what was it, the X-frame, uh, uh, Rick, or the, the, the Ladder steel frame. rods that... Uh, well, frame, frame damage is when you had a separate steel frame that the yeah, body was yeah, then bolted yeah, onto. Yeah. Like a, a truck still has that. Yeah, and you see these cars going down the road like, you know, like lopsided. Dog tracking. Yeah. But uh, the, the unibody uh, is a different sort of thing. But, but basically, any time a car uh, gets uh, into an accident, you should always check the alignment. And there can be a lot of reasons for it, but not, not the, you know, frame damage isn't the kiss of death it used to be uh, 50 years ago when you, you, when you really damaged the frame. It would, became a real serious problem. And depending upon the severity of the damage, it may be possible to adjust the alignment of the car to still have the wheels be in proper alignment. Yeah even if the unibody or the frame of the vehicle is actually bent a little bit. Yeah. But it's only a very rare case, and it would be only a small amount you'd be able to compensate for it. Yeah. Okay. All right, the last question, last text. Can you put plain water in the wind, windshield fluid tank? What about Windex or other cleaners? Uh, plain water works just fine. If you're going to use Windex or anything like that, I would cut it about 50-50 with some with water. There we go. So we're all caught up. There's a couple of anonymous feedbacks we can get to next week because they, uh, they're timeless. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get into the uh, mystery shopping report now. And <clears throat> before I do, I want to mention, I'm going to refer to the mystery shopping report because I'm going to say there was a violation of Florida law. And so uh, I, I downloaded uh, this uh, 2021 Florida law st statute. Uh, it's... Uh, 501.976, and it's it's online. You can go to Florida Law Unfair Deceptive Trade Practices Act, and I, I read it. It's worth reading. It's not that long. It's uh, I think two, yeah, two pages, and it shows all the things that car dealers are supposed to adhere to. Uh, it was it was written many many years ago, and it's updated occasionally from time to time, but. Uh, it's worth reading, uh, 501.976, and it's called Actionable Unfair or Deceptive Trade Practices Act, and it tells all of the violations uh, that a dealer 
does commit, which is against the law, uh, which is pretty serious. And my point in reading this before the mystery shopping report is many, many of our mystery shopping reports violate this law. And uh, I'm just wondering why our regulators and legislators put up with this. It's against the law. I get, I got a good answer for you. Everybody does it, and it's just too overwhelming to regulate. And I can relate to that because have you driven on I-95 lately? I drove on I-95 with Nancy coming to work, and uh, I was I was a little bit late to the show, and I was doing 83 miles an hour, uh, and uh, and and everybody was passing me. So and I didn't see a cop anywhere, which is good because. I was late getting to the radio show, but uh, the Florida Turnpike, when everybody violates the law, they don't get enforced anymore because it's overwhelming. And that's a terrible situation to find ourselves in. And that's where we are with the Florida Unfair and um, uh, Deceptive Trade Tra Tractors Act 501.976. Download it, read it, it's fun. I'll tell you one thing, if you're familiar with it and you're buying a car, uh, you, you, you pull this out and you show the dealer uh, it'll strike the fear of God into him because he will yeah. realize a lot of dealers don't even realize yeah. they're breaking the law. For sure. Anyway, I'm really is. glad that you brought that up. Uh, yeah. You and I were reading that, and I'll tell you what, uh, your your, uh, your salesperson's going to run in the other direction. Yeah. And uh, there's a whole lot as consumers that we don't know, and that's the reason why we're here every Saturday morning to share our knowledge with you. And uh, I'll take a moment and thank all of you for joining us this Saturday morning, and we hope to see you or hear you right back here next Saturday morning. So with all of that said, we're going to go to Infinity of Stewart. So there you go, Earl Stewart. Our mystery shop last week was one of the nicest experiences we've ever had in our long history of mystery shopping. Nelson Mazda in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, defied all expectations and treated Agent Lightning, our female shopper, to an honest shopping experience and a price that wasn't over MSRP. Now, normal times that wouldn't be a big deal, but today, let me tell you, if you don't buy, if you don't pay over MSRP for a car, a new car, uh, you're getting a pretty good price in today's market. And I say, don't buy a car today. Wait a couple months. Nelson Mazda wrapped up our four-part series of Mazda mystery shopping after three horrible experiences at three South Florida Mazda dealerships. Southern Palms Mazda, Mazda of Palm Beach, and Wallace Mazda, Stewart, we got out of town and headed north to Tennessee. Agent Lightning fully expected to face another frustrating grind, no different than all the other Mazda dealers. Instead, she found a true blue one-price dealer, real one-price, not all the one-price dealers, BS one-price. This was a true blue one-price with non-commissioned salespeople almost impossible to find, and no F&I department. The box, the infamous box where you get raped after you buy the car. The car dealers make more money in the finance department than they do in the sales department, and most people don't understand that. In this particular case here, no finance department, no box. Agent Lightning was given a price that reflected the inventory shortage, but did not go over MSRP. Well, almost. Nelson Mazda has a small dealer fee of $397. Nobody's perfect, and that was their uh, little Achilles heel. 
as if all of that wasn't enough. Everyone in the dealership showed respect to their customers, employees, and community by wearing face masks. Uh, hard to believe uh, that, uh, yeah, that so many dealers don't do that. And especially in Florida, where we are the epicenter of this damn COVID situation, and it's mind-blowing to see that happen. The Evans Mazda uh, was the first good Mazda mystery shop we've had. It was also the best mystery shop of all three Murfreesboro mystery shops. The more we thought about it, we realized it was one of the, the very best mystery shops of the whole pandemic, and really of the whole time we've done mystery shops. We searched the recent archive of mystery shops and found the most recent really good mystery shop we could find. It was from November 20th, 2020, courtesy of Infinity of Stewart. So here we are going back, and it was a good shot, and we're going back. We couldn't believe it had been nearly a year since we had a, a good mystery shop. Uh, yeah. And now has Infinity of Stewart held up over all this time. Okay. How have they weathered in the inventory crisis, and how have they managed to keep things honest and ethical. Well, we're gonna find out. Agent Lightning went in for round two yesterday. Here's the report, as if I'm Agent Lightning. I entered the showroom early afternoon, was immediately greeted by a woman named Kelly. Seeing a lot of women uh, in all these mystery shops, that's good. She was extremely friendly and asked how she could assist. I told her I was looking at Q50s. I said I had narrowed my search down to the Q50 and the Lexus uh, is it the IS-500? IS-300. IS-300. Kelly told me that a salesperson named Laura would be helping me. Oh, not a female. She said I would love Laura. She was wonderful. On cue, Laura walked up, introduced herself. She was well-dressed and very professional. We uh, talked about the car I wanted to get. I said I knew I wanted the Q50, but I wasn't sure which trim level or what options I wanted. Laura said that helping her clients figure out exactly what they wanted was her favorite part of the job. After discussing it for a few minutes, we walked over to a gray Q50 in the showroom. It was the Lux trim level with MSRP 44860. It was an addendum label fixed to the window. Here we go. Next to the Monroney label, it added $699 for one application of Auto Butler, a BS uh, uh, wax. Nitrogen filled tires, the ultimate BS, nitrogen in the tires. Wheel locks, the dealer list now was 45,549, up from 44,860. Laura said this one was the best fit based on the conversation. I told her I loved the color and agreed that it was the one I wanted. She asked for my driver's license and left to get the keys. When she returned, I asked her not to go through all the trouble of getting the car out of the showroom. But she said not to worry about it and that the and that Al was already moving the car. Sure enough, an older gentleman was maneuvering the car toward the guy. Still used older gentleman instead of old guy, which is good. Oh, I, is this right I prefer right? older gentleman to old guy. Okay. You're an older gentleman. I, no, I'm not a gentleman. I used to be. Uh, <laughs> Al pulled the Q50 up front. Laura went over for all the features and benefits. We took a test drive, and along the way, Laura asked me where I was looking to be price-wise. You can see she'd been through trading. I said I understood the prices were high because inventories were low, but I did not intend to pay over sticker. Now, that's a very reasonable statement that even you can make today. If you're going to be ignore my advice and buy a car today, a new car, 
just be sure you don't pay over sticker. If you're persistent, you won't have to. Laura said she would do what she could do to get me the best price possible. But you have to be persistent, by the way. And I try to lick my fingers because I'm moving fast here and, and I can't uh, finger lick pause. Laura really knew their stuff and impressed me with her knowledge of the specifications. I told her so and she told me that she had been selling cars only for eight days. Ooh. I said my mind was blown. She seemed very, uh, extremely experienced. We returned to the dealership, went back to Laura's desk. She turned into my, uh, she entered into my info, or my info into her computer. Then explained she saw I had been there before. Uh-huh. So they had records, but they didn't know that she was a mystery shopper. I said I was there about a year ago with my husband, uh, but we never ended uh, up uh, doing anything. Uh, a young woman popped her head in to say that the sales manager wanted me to know that this was going to be Laura's first sale. <laughs> nice touch. And he's going to make sure that they really take really good care of me. Taking advantage of the newbies, that, that's something that is, is considered a sales strategy because you have mercy and you feel sorry for people uh, new on the job. I, I was trained to say that I was new for the, about the first two years I was yeah, selling cars. Yeah, that's exactly. Always tell them you're brand new. Yeah. That's right. Uh, <laughs> a young woman popped her head into sorry. Um, said the salesman, oh, okay, yeah. Laura seemed embarrassed by this. I can see why. I assured her that she was doing fine, then she had to excuse herself to speak with the sales manager, Mike. Name names, folks. These are the real names. I waited a very long time, 30 minutes. That is a long time. I walked over to, to the reception desk for help. The receptionist pointed to an office where I could see Laura speaking with Mike. I walked back to the desk, and after a few minutes after that, Laura returned with a worksheet. Okay. She apologized for taking so long. I told her not to worry about it. Then she reviewed the sales figures. The top line labeled the market value selling price was MSRP 44,860. 44, okay, if that's a selling price, then what is, what is this, okay? Market value selling price. Just. That's, what, that's the price, right? No. A $1,000 rebate came off that. Well, that's good, which made the adjusted price $43,860. Then they added, get ready for this. Got to sit down for this one. $995 market adjustment. $695 auto butler slash nitro locks and locks. <laughs> $995 dealer prep. Now, remember that dealer prep. Now, remember what I said about the Florida statutes. $669.95 in taxable fees and $899 dock fee. Holy mackerel, $3,253 over MSRP for a lot of garbage, a lot of BS. I asked for the details of each fee and jotted down her answers on the worksheet. The market adjustments, it was for the chip shortage. <laughs> the dealer prep was to make, in fact, that, that's legitimate. I mean, you could, you could, it's honest anyway. You can say, I'm charging you more money because of the chip shortage, okay? That's a, I'll buy that. The dealer prep was to make sure it checks out in service and it's working properly. Now that's illegal. And I'm gonna stop right there. I hope I have time. Yeah, I do. And I'm gonna reach you the statute that I just said. This is the law in Florida, okay? Now listen carefully. It is an unfair or deceptive act or practice actionable 
under the Florida Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act for a dealer to charge a customer for any pre-delivery service required by the manufacturer, distributor, or importer for which the dealer is reimbursed by the manufacturer, distributor, or importer. Now, Infinity reimburses Infinity of Stewart for exactly that. And now they're charging the mystery shopper, me, allegedly, for what they've already been reimbursed for, and they're breaking the law. Okay. If I'm lying, sue me, because you know I'm right. And it's the reason I've never been sued in 20 years, because I tell the truth. So here we are. They're charging $995 in dealer prep, and it ain't, it ain't dealer prep. It's uh, profit to the dealer. So here's the selling price now. $48,113, $3,253 over MSRP. Uh, anyway, we got up here to the, uh, and the dock fee was just a dealer fee, and, you know, dealer fee is, is not strictly illegal unless you advertise it. Uh, anyway, I told her that I didn't feel it was right for them to charge me all these fees. I took issue with the dealer prep charge, and that's why it's illegal to charge me for that. It was ridiculous. They're double charging her. I had to pay $1,000 so the dealer could make sure a brand new Infinity was working properly, which it, the manufacturer wants me to do and pays me for. So obviously, I got, he got, they got paid twice. I can see why that's illegal. Laura asked me where I needed to be. I remained patient, so I needed to be at MSRP or less, which she said when she walked in the door which I said. She said she needed to get her sales manager. I told her she needed to be fast. I'd already been there for two hours. She returned with Alan. No, not Mike. Alan cut right to the chase. Alan used to work for us. Is that right? As a salesperson. I'll be darned. Okay. I'm glad Alan's gone. Alan uh, cut right to the chase, asked me how much I was willing to pay. I responded by telling him how impressed I was with Laura. Alan smiled smugly. Alan smugly said, that she was trained by the best, applying that he trained her. Is he a manager or is he a sales? He's a manager at Infinity of Store on yeah. the website, and uh, but he was a salesperson in our used car department um, oh. several years ago. I got you. I told Alan that I explained to Laura early on why I did not want to pay over MSRP. Alan then took me through the whole ringer again, probing me about car payments, etc. I stopped him and said I'd been there too long. He said he could wrap this up and get me into finance quickly. <laughs> get him in the box. I was firm. I said, unless we could take off the extra fees and get me to MSRP, I wasn't taking the car. I said, that meant I needed to be around 47000 out the door. Alan handed me his business card and had me sign a handwritten piece of paper. I love this. Signed a handwritten piece of paper that said I'd buy the car if I could, if I could be at 47000 out the door. Alan said the scrap of paper I just signed was non-binding, but he needed it to show the boss. <laughs> old school I mean what you're doing is trying to intimidate the customer into buying the car today and then you're thinking gosh I signed the paper if I don't buy it today maybe they can sue me uh, maybe arrest me I don't know uh, but total pure intimidation Alan came back a minute later with a new worksheet this one with an additional $3,661 discount BAM in the vernacular in the, in the car business, car dealers say, 
drop you, your, you, you drop your pants. As a vulgar, crude expression, I apologize for offending people. I'm just telling you, that's car dealer vernacular. When you drop the price too fast, they always tell you, you if you're being smart, come down a little bit at a time, which is hard to do when the customer's running for the door. So they drop their pants. $3,661 discount. The out-the-door price was now $47,327, almost where uh, we want to be, right? Both Al and Laura seemed very pleased that they were able to get such a low price for me. I didn't share their giddiness, and I told them that uh, that was just what happened was everything I hated about buying the car. I mean, you really worked me over. Alan said, it's just part of the process. <laughs> and sadly, it is. It's just right. part of the process. Yeah. And everybody gets worked over, and that's the reason people hate to buy cars at car dealerships. I do want to say something uh, just... Uh, this did not sound like the Alan that worked for us. Alan was a mensch. He was just like a laid-back, nice oh. guy. He wasn't an aggressive salesperson. Yeah. Maybe Infinity trained him to uh, be a little tougher. <laughs> well, you know, you make a lot of money lying, cheating, and stealing. I mean, uh, high-pressure tactics work. If you need the money, if you've got to feed your family, uh, I'm not making excuses, but I'm just saying that yeah. that's the reason people steal because, you know, who said uh, the bank robber? Well, why do you rob banks? Because that's where the money is. Okay. <laughs> I told him that I needed to go home and discuss things with my family. Alan said the price was <laughs> good until the end of the day. Yep. More intimidation. I mean, this is super old school. I said to Nancy in the car driving, I don't think the owner of Infinity uh, of Stewart is the same that I used to know. They, uh, I think when they had the good report, I believe the owner... Uh, his soul. I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know. We'll research that for you. I didn't have time this morning. So anyway, there's the mystery shop. We got a vote, and uh, you are the jury. You are the uh, you're the judge and jury. Well, we have our our listeners are 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 chiming in now. We have Mark gives them a flat F dishonesty at its worst, and over on Facebook, uh, Linda gives them a big fat F today. My gosh, and then Andrew uh, gives them an F. Um, I don't know what to say. I, I'm going to I'm going to give him an F. Uh, the, the, it's one thing to have a market adjustment appear on a uh, addendum label that at least gives you a heads up. That thing didn't appear until they wrote a, wrote up the deal and put it on the worksheet. And then I don't know what this business is. You got a doc fee and a dealer prep fee and six hundred and sixty nine dollars in taxable fees. What's going on? I don't know what's happening here, so I, I just don't like it. And uh, excess, um, definitely yeah, excess. Yeah. Give him an F. Okay, I got Mark from St. Louis. After talking to my sales manager, grade F. <clears throat> uh, see Tim Gilliland, market adjustment, dealer prep, nitro filled tires, auto butler, all reasons to walk away. D. Mark Smith, D minus, old school tactics, bro scientist. I would offer them a Twinkie and a glass of buttermilk while their pants were dropped. That sounds pretty F. good. <laughs> Brian Sedlaco, D plus. Oh, Brian being a nice guy today. Mark Ryan, D minus. Wayne, old school F. And for myself, I agree with I agree with Stu's assessment on it. I'm going with the F. It's been a while since we've done that. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Nancy? I got to yeah. go more hard-nosed on this one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, <clears throat> remember earlier that uh, Earl shared with you uh, the Florida statue 
uh, and that is uh, 501-976. Take a read, take a look at it before you go out and purchase your next vehicle. And uh, it's real important. It's real important that you present your salesperson with that kind of information because, like I said earlier, they're going to run in the other direction. Knowledge is power. I give them an F. Uh, I'm going to give them a D minus. I, uh, I, I really, really want badly to give them an F, but uh, we, do, we, we do grade on the curve. Uh, if we'd have had an advertisement on there, I might have flipped them to an F. Uh, but I, I, I feel guilty about giving them a D minus. No, I hear you. I understand your point. There was nothing that drew Agent Lightning in. She went there. Pretty much everything was in front of her, but but not those extra fees. Those came at the very yeah. end. That was the it was classic. Ex- extreme, yeah. extreme. Yeah. You're right about that. Okay, folks. Uh, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Stay tuned. We'll be right back here next week, Saturday morning at 8 a.m.